Welcome to the weekly Yes And podcast. I'm your host, Travis Thomas, and today's podcast is a another in our special entrepreneur series, and uh, really excited about our guest today. She is live on the line right now, uh, all the way, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting choked up just thinking about Canada, Cassie, all the way from Canada. Cassie Howard, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, Cassie, I know we're sort of getting close to the holiday season. Are, are things feeling a little festive up there in Canada? Uh, yes. I, I'm pretty sure that it's festive here in, like, September. People are already getting their Christmas stuff ready and holiday stuff ready. So it's it's been festive for a while, let's just say that. Yes, yes. I uh, I think growing up in Michigan, the joke, uh, the joke in Michigan was, what do you call summer in Michigan? And uh, the answer was two weeks of bad sledding. Um <laughs> So I get it. I get it. Although, you know, I, I miss, you know, I, I, I love getting up there in, in July and August. But right now, I'm not too envious, Cassie. Yeah, no, you don't need to be. No, definitely don't need to be. <laughs> it's like minus 30 today. It's not fun. No, 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 no. I'll take the palm trees in the sun today for sure. <laughs> well, Cassie, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, and uh, really want to dive in. Now, nowadays, you are a business coach. And so I want you to tell us about what kind of business coaching that you do. But then I want to get into sort of how you ended up getting into this. So uh, how did that come about? Sure. So right now, I'm a business consultant for mainly women entrepreneurs that are looking to create or grow their online service-based business. So I'm working with a lot of different coaches um, and consultants, but I'm also you know, working with people like copywriters and designers and branding strategists and things like that. Um, and it's funny because when I first got into coaching, which was a little less than two years ago, I really had no clue what I was getting into. I had never even heard of coaching before other than like, you know, a health coach or something like that. Yeah. I never even heard of it, but I had so many people who were telling me you should be a business coach. You know so much about business. You should teach people. Um, and so I did, but, um, I had never even heard of it up to like less than two years ago. <laughs> and now I'm doing very well, thankfully. And I guess it was just one of those things that I had to stumble upon before I realized it was there and that it was my thing and what I was supposed to be doing next. So it was really more than anything, you were, you were providing value to people without really even knowing that that was a career you could get into. Exactly. Yeah. I was doing a lot of it just for free because I didn't realize that people would pay for that kind of a thing. So it was a shock to me when people were showing me this industry. They're like, look at this, look at what these people do and what they can create. You can do the same. And I doubted it for a while, but finally gave it a shot and grateful that I did. And you started your own, uh, your own entrepreneurial business from home and sort of what was the motivation for that? Well, when I started my first business, it was, well, not my first business, but my first business online, I guess. Um, it was because I knew that I wanted to have kids eventually, and I wanted to be able to stay home with my kids. I never wanted to send them away to daycare or anything like that, which is funny because I ended up doing that anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, that was really my main motivation was if I wanted to, I could, I guess. Um, but I wanted to have that option of staying home with them if I wanted to and if I wanted to do it um, full-time or not. So that was the main motivation, and it's, it's 
still partially the, the reason that I, I work from home is because I like to have that freedom of being able to come and go as I please. Mm-hmm. But it's now more so for me um, and my kids as opposed to just being home for my kids since they're both in school full time now. Okay. And, and what was that first business that you started? Um, let me think way back. I mean, I started having like running my own businesses since I was like 10. I'll say like my first real business, well, if we'll call it that, was my when I worked in the adult industry. So I did that. I guess that wasn't technically online, even though the business was online, but I did a lot of work um, as the model myself. And then I was the photographer as well. So it was some offline and some online stuff. Um, that was the first real online business. And then from there, I did a couponing blog. It was actually one of the most popular Canadian frugal living slash couponing blogs like in Canada, like one of the top blogs. Um, and that's really how I learned how to make a website profitable. And that's really, you know, after I did that website for about five or six, maybe even seven years, I had people start coming to me saying, teach me how to make money on my blog. I want to know how to do that. Yeah. Which is why originally I was actually a blogging coach, not a business coach, <laughs> because I thought that, well, that's what people wanted. That's what they keep asking me for. But then I realized I hated blogging. And so that wasn't going to work out. Um, but I liked business. So I moved into the business thing, but, uh, that's kind of how I went from, like, I learned a lot about business from the adult industry business that I was in. Um, and then I learned a lot about blogging and the online stuff from the couponing blog. And that's kind of what got me into the coaching industry was that. Yeah. And do you remember when you were back in school and, uh, we were all required to take that class on coupon blogging? No, no, I don't. I'm just, that. I'm just kidding. Uh, because I, 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 I <laughs> because I'm just thinking, I'm listening to your story and I'm hearing, yeah, you know, I, I started a coupon blog and I'm like a coupon and I had a top rated coupon blog. I'm like, that's, you know, like that's a thing. And, and you created, you created this thing that was wildly successful. How did you get into the whole coupon blogging thing in the first place? Uh, I was in terrible debt and I was like, I have to stop blowing my money like this. What can I do? And so the first thing that came to mind was save more. Um, and then it, I stumbled across like a U.S. website um, where someone had done something extreme couponing, which I'm sure you've heard, um, where they get a ton of stuff for free by using coupons. I was like, yes. Well, yes. I'm going to try to do that. Um, and then ended up actually doing that and realized how very easy it was to get stuff for free. Um, but then you know, I did that for years, but then it was, I changed my diet. I switched to a vegan diet. And so I, I couldn't eat a lot of the processed crap that coupons are for. Right. Um, I don't use like chemicals and stuff in my cleaner. So again, couldn't use coupons for that. So then eventually I was like, okay, clearly couponing isn't going to work out for me. Um, and so I actually just stopped running that business and moved into the coaching business full time. So you went from, from uh, this is fascinating because you, and by the way, for those of you listening out there, that had to be the most awkward pause I've ever had in a podcast is asking you about your coupon blogging in high school. Um, so that was a nice pregnant pause that I left in there just for awkwardness sake. Um, but you handled it really well, Cassie. Um, <laughs> so you started again. Uh, what I love about what you shared so far is this kind of everything that you've done in the process along the way has, it, it wasn't from having this master vision. It was kind of, it was born of necessity um, exactly. and uh, being in debt and needing to save money and, and, and seeing this as a tool to help you save money and then having success in it, starting a blog to help others doing it. And then realizing that 
And now, now tell me about um, during this process having to change your diet, go vegan. Like, was that again? Was that a necessity, or was that sort of just a choice? That was just a personal choice. Yeah, it was not something I had ever planned to do ever. And if you had you know told me ten years ago that this is what would happen, I would laugh at your face because not a chance. Um, but it happened, and I've been vegan for three plus years now. So it's something that I just adapted to. It was something that just happened, not out of necessity, but um, getting rid of couponing, I guess, is what happened out of necessity because I I needed to spend the extra money on the right foods. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, like you mentioned, from that, you, you get into uh, becoming a blog coach. And uh, again, probably not, not a thing that you thought existed. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so tell us about that evolution. So you kind of leave the couponing behind. You get into um, blog coaching. And uh, uh, what was it about that industry that you really enjoyed? About the couponing industry? Or, or uh, being a blog coach. Well, I didn't enjoy that. I was only a blogging coach for like a month. And then I was like, I hate this. I don't want to talk about blogging ever again. I had my blog for seven plus years and I was just done talking about blogging. Um, so I didn't enjoy it to answer your question. <laughs> so, and then, so that forced you into what next step from there? Um, so after I had kind of done a little bit of work in that like four weeks of being a blogging coach and putting my name out there as a blogging coach and not really getting much traction. I realized it was not because I couldn't help people with blogging because I certainly could do that. It was that I just, the passion wasn't there and I guess people could sense that I wasn't hundred percent into it. And so they weren't into it either. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, what is it that I really love talking about? You know, if I could do this for the rest of my life and not even get paid for it, I love it so much, what would that be? And it was just making money online in general. Like, it was very broad. But that's really what I wanted to talk about because that's what I loved so much and I was going to continue to do for as long as humanly possible anyway. So why not try to make money doing that? And so that was just it. I just made the decision. I told my designer, hey, I need a new website. (laughs) Um, Not a blogging coach anymore. And I just basically changed all of my content up and everything that I was putting out there, um, you know, switched focus so that it was more so just on online business as opposed to just for blogging. Yeah. And you'd mentioned at the beginning of the, uh, the interview that, um, uh, that it sounds like you've sort of been a serial entrepreneur most of your life. Um, oh. and, and, and where do you think that sort of that, that, uh, that motivation or that passion comes from? I really don't know. And I wish I did because nobody in my family is an entrepreneur. Nobody has the work ethic that I do. Nobody at all. Like I tried to think, is there one person in my life who's like that? And well, currently there are, but in my family, there's nobody, not a single person. So I don't know where it comes from, but I've always had it since I was a kid. My mom was telling me when I was like six or seven, I was having like garage sales in the backyard every single day in the summer, selling all my toys and my brothers and sisters toys (laughs) and all of that. So I've always been into making money and and selling things and, and creating different business opportunities. And so I'm, I'm always interested to, uh, again, to speak to entrepreneurs and, and to get from their perspective, uh, what was what was school like for you? What, what was that an enjoyable experience? Did it did it fit in sort of with your with your passion? What was that like for you? Um, it's it's weird because I actually really hated school. I always thought it was just um, an annoying chore that I had to do before I could come back home and do what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um and also, the other side of that is that I really loved kind of 
watching my teachers, how they taught, because when I was younger, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher when I grew up. And I guess technically I am a teacher yeah, now. Right, right. My, um, so I was always kind of fascinated about how t- the teachers would work. Um, so I liked the school for that so I could observe, but I didn't actually like to participate in school <laughs> at all. And I actually left school in the middle of grade nine or 10. I think it was middle of grade 10. I left high school. Well, let's talk about that. Where'd you go? Um, what did I do? I think that's when I was 16. Um, oh, yeah. So I started working at Tim Hortons, if you... Oh, love, love me some Tim, Tim Hortons. Hortons. Yes. The <laughs> yeah, Southern, the Southerners, yeah, the Southerners down here, Cassie, wouldn't know about Tim Hortons, but... It's, it's like Starbucks, but 10 times worse. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a Starbucks Dunkin' Donuts combo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So I was there for a while, and then once I was um, 18, that's when I did the... I got into the adult industry and started doing things there, um, and then it just kind of progressed from there. I had different businesses in between. I also had like a cupcake baking business in between that, um, which didn't last very long because that was a lot of physical work I didn't like, yeah, um, and things like that. So it was. Um, I was always drawn to the online stuff. So it was as soon as I was in the adult industry and I realized I could make a lot of money online Mm -hmm. just by being myself, essentially, um, I was instantly drawn to that. And I hated anything or anyone that got in my way of pursuing that. Okay. So, so, and so tell us about that. Tell us about, uh, sort of where that, uh, that, that internal, uh, whether it's confidence or grit, um, what, what, what kind of influence do you sort of accredit that to? Just you know the, the sort of the entre- entrepreneurial spirit, the, the hard work, the you know just that that desire to to just work hard and be successful. Where, what what influence or can you even pinpoint from your childhood where that might have come from? I think for me the biggest thing has always been, and I'm sure it's similar for a lot of entrepreneurs, where it's just that I wanted I want to create a better life for myself and my family than what I had growing up. Not that I had you know bad life at all, but be able to have more opportunities and also I want to be able to help more people and I know that if I just decide to take some time off or take a break or quit or give up then it's not just me that I'm letting down it's my family it's my community it's you know the women that need my support um so that kind of forces me to keep going is knowing that I would be letting other people down if I quit Okay, and now that uh, now that you have kids, how many children do you have? I have two. You have two, and how old are they now? They're four and seven. Four and seven. Okay, and so um, what 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 are you doing intentionally to uh, to sort of kind of uh, foster the uh, the spirit in them as well? Um, I'm trying with my my daughter. She's the younger one. She's very much. I want to be a teacher when I grow up so I can kind of relate to that. Um, And I think for me, the biggest thing that I do for both of my kids is I just say, you know, whenever they talk about what they want to be when they grow up, since it comes up a lot in conversation, um, they'll give their ideas, which is I want to be a teacher or a fireman or whatever. I'll say, or you could be an entrepreneur and work anywhere you want. And they're just like, no, (laughs) no thanks. (laughs) I don't think they really get it now. Um, My daughter still thinks I sit at home and watch TV all day. Right. Um, 
so she doesn't really get that I'm working. She's just like, you're on your computer, but you watch TV all day. I'm like, no, the TV's actually never on, but okay. Um, so I don't know that I am, but I, I hope that I'm at least showing them what's possible by um, showing up at school. Because something that my son said one time was, how come all the other moms aren't here? Because there's a lot of nannies that pick up the, the kids at the school. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they're working. And he says, well, you don't have to do that. So we kind of had a conversation around, oh, well, you know, when you work for yourself, you get to make the rules, basically, and you can come and go as you please for the most part. Um, So I'm hoping that those little conversations kind of stick with them so that when they do decide to pick a career, whatever that is, um, that they at least consider entrepreneurship. But I I just really think that it's, it's in you or it's not. I don't think it's necessarily something that you can force somebody to be necessarily to be entrepreneur. I I hope that they are because it's fun, but um, I'm not going to stop them from being, you know, a teacher or whatever else they want to be if that's their choice. Sure, sure. Well, and and to kind of go back to your original point about your experience in school, and I I love asking that to entrepreneurs because it it seems pretty consistent that, um, you know, uh, again, I love teachers, not a fan of school, and I don't think it it does a really good job in sort of fostering that that individual entrepreneurial spirit. uh, and so it's, yeah, it, it's no surprise to me that, uh, it maybe wasn't the greatest fit for you. Yeah, no, and I'm not a big fan of the schooling system at all. And, uh, so I'm not, uh, keen on sending my kids to school, but I know I gotta, <laughs> I can't make them sit home and be little entrepreneurs yet. Um, but it's, it's what they have to do right now. And if they decide that they don't like it and they want to quit, oh, we'll talk about that then. And I'm not one of those parents that's going to be like, you have to finish school, you have to go to college and university and all this. Um, it's something that'll just kind of come up when it needs to come up. Well, what was it like for you when you when you made that choice to uh, to quit school? How did you know? How did your parents take that? Um, when I told my my dad wasn't really around much at that time, so it was my mom that I told. And I think I probably made something up where I was like, oh, I'm getting beat up or people are bothering me or something like that um, to make her like feel guilty for me so that she'd take me up. Because at the age of, I was just under 16 and you have to be 16 in order to like leave on your own. So she had to actually go into the school and sign and say like, yes, she's allowed to leave school at age 15. Yeah. Um, so she was not happy about it. Um And she basically said, okay, well, you have to get a full-time job then. If you're not going to be in school, you can't sit around at home all day. Um, And I said, okay, fine, whatever I have to do to get out of here. Um, And so I did. And, I mean, she wasn't happy about it for years, Um, even though I did have the Tim Hortons job. And then eventually my own business, she was still not happy about it. And up until maybe like two years ago, she's been asking me if I need help getting a job and she could get me a job at her work or something, <laughs> which is funny because I'm making like 10 times more than she is. I'm like, mom, I'm fine. Thanks. Still, <laughs> Thank you yes. for me, but I'm okay. Um, so I think that she was probably one of those people who just didn't think the online business thing was like a real thing. It wasn't a real job. It was like a temporary thing. Um, so that was not a, a very good thing for me to leave school. She was not happy about that, but it worked out very well. And she says that a lot now. She's like, you, you did okay. <laughs> yeah. And what about, uh, like with just your, you know, your social network, your friends, you know, how was that perceived with them or were any of you, any of your other friends doing that as well? Yeah. So most of my 
friends are online friends that, yeah, we like I've seen them in person, but like not many that live near me. Um, but I have one really good friend that I've had for over 10 years now. And she understands because she actually worked for me with the couponing business. Um, so she understands the online stuff, but she's actually a teacher, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Um, so she uh, would never like do the online thing. She loves the teaching stuff, but she understands like this is what I do. And she knows that I would never go and get a, you know, a job, nine to five type job working for somebody else. Um, but all my online friends, of course, are all in business. They're all doing business of some sort online. So it's, it's great to have that circle of friends who just understand when you're talking about something, they can relate. Yeah, yeah. And so tell me about, uh, again, at, at any point, especially early on in the experience when you've dropped out of school, you're working at Tim Hortons, you know, you're you know, really, you're just trying to, to make ends meet, I imagine. Um, you know, were, were there times where you were, you were doubting that decision or, or questioning what in the heck you were going to do? No, never. No, I was always confident that no matter what I was going to make it work. There was some times where I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, I really need to make money to pay for X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, what can I do? And so, yeah, there's a lot of like stressful moments and stuff, but I never doubted my decision. I always knew it was the right decision. I just at times was like, okay, what's the next step basically. Okay. Which, which is, I'm kind of blown away by that because I still wake up on a daily basis going, what in the heck am I doing? Why did I, why did I do that? So I don't know. I don't know who is more in the norm, Cassie. I don't know if it's you or me, yeah. the listeners, they can decide. Um, and so tell, talk a little bit about mindset, um, uh, your mindset, as far as, uh, how you deal with challenges, how you deal with adversity. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, it, it seems that, uh, uh, more doors close than open and, and you're kind of always having to deal with, um, uh, a lot of sort of failure on our way to success. What is it in you that, uh, that allows you to kind of deal with the, the adversity and the challenges? Yeah. So my, my mindset stuff is it's again, like when I first started coaching, I didn't even know what the mindset stuff was. And one of my, um, first coaches was actually a mindset marketing coach. And so she taught me a lot about mindset and we worked together for six months. And for like probably five months of that, I was like, stop talking to me about mindset. It's weird. You're being really strange. I don't want to talk about it. Just teach me about marketing. And she really frustrated me, but eventually I wasn't hitting my goals the way I wanted to be hitting them. And so she was like, give the mindset stuff, um, you know, a week or something like try it out for a week. And, and if it doesn't work, I won't talk about it again. And so I put like a mindset practice in place where I was visualizing and journaling and things like that. All the stuff that I thought was really weird. Um, and then at the end of that week, when we came back for our next call, I was like, okay, you were right. Um, and that was it. And so from that moment forward, I always had a mindset practice of some sort in place because I realized that once I focused on, making sure I was in the right mindset before doing anything that I could basically create anything I wanted in my life. I could create bad things or good things in my life. And once I realized that I was like, okay, this is a very powerful tool that I can use that I didn't even realize was a real thing. Um, so now my, my mindset practice is basically journaling. That's what I do primarily. And I do that every morning for, usually about an hour, sometimes more, and sometimes throughout the day as well. And it's just writing out my reality as if it's already done. So let's say I want to make, I don't know, $5,000 today or something. I'll say, 
you know, thank you for the $5,000 I received today or something along those lines. So I'm getting into the right mindset of, you know, being that person who made that $5,000 today or who did whatever it is today that she wanted to do. Um, having that mindset practice in place has basically enabled me to see what's possible as opposed to just worrying about what could happen. Cause I was always in the negative and thinking, um, or I was always thinking in the negative, I should say, um, and worried that like, Oh, where am I going to get my next client? Or is this going to work? Or should I launch this program or whatever? I was, I had all these negative thoughts. Um, and now I can just basically flip that switch very quickly and get into the right mindset so that I can actually attract whatever it is that I want to attract. And so uh, to go back to your, your journaling uh, activity, is it so it, it sounds like you're kind of um, almost sort of projecting out and looking backward. It, it, would that be a way to think about it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so, so, so writing from the perspective that uh, you have achieved sort of the goal that you're aiming for. Yes. Fantastic. And, and how, long, how long do you usually, uh, does that journaling happen each morning? So it's, on average, I would say anywhere from like 45 minutes to an hour, but there's times when there's just so much in my head that has to come out that it could, you know, I could be there for like two, three hours. Mm. Um, and then I'll also do it in the middle of the day sometimes too. It's, it's always in the morning so I can release whatever's in my head. But then if I'm feeling stressed or nervous or scared or overwhelmed or even really excited about something in the middle of the day or in the evening, then I'll bring out my journal and I'll do some um, kind of brain dumping there as well. And I essentially coach myself in the journal. If there's a problem, I'll say like, why is this happening? What, you know, what do I need to do to prevent this from happening or something like that? Excellent. And so when you now, uh, now when you coach others, how much, how much time do you spend, uh, focusing on the mindset piece? Um, usually there's mindset strategies and things that we talk about. I would say on almost every call that we have, because there's always going to be things that come up mindset wise, um, blocks and limitations and and things like that are going to come up, you know, all throughout the course of your life, really. I mean, they're not going to just go away. You don't do mindset work for one call and then never talk about it again kind of thing. It's right. It's consistent practice. So we usually talk about it on almost every call in some way. And, and journaling for you, it seems to be the technique that really works well for you. What are some other techniques that you have, you have seen that, uh, that, that maybe work well for others? Yes. So journaling for sure is my, my main one. Um, for other people, I know that visualizing works and I do that occasionally as well. Visualizing is a big one. Um, meditation, even yoga is great for for, um, mindset stuff as well for a lot of people. Um, and affirmations as well, which you can do in the journal as well, if you want to do that. Um, but some people just want to do affirmations. So there's a couple different ways that you can go about it and there's really no right way. It's just whatever way works for you. And, and really, I think everybody should try each and every way, um, and see which way works best. I know I went through all of them and, you know, thought that I was a failure because one of them didn't work, but eventually I landed on journaling again and realized, okay, journaling is the right one. This is what actually creates the results that I want. 
Yeah, fantastic. And um, and and so sort of moving forward for you, um, what is you know is, is there is there a big vision that you're sort of uh, because everything up to this point has been um, and from an improviser, Cassie, you've been doing an amazing job improvising with uh, with yes ending everything that's come your way and uh, and turning it into gold. Um, is there is there a plan or is, is there a vision that you have that you're that you're ultimately sort of striving for? say yes, but because I'm, I'm one of those people who changes her mind very quickly, I don't like to set very like far away goals. I know that my, one of my big goals is to create a hundred million dollar business, um, serving millions of women all over the world. Um, that's like, you know, a very broad goal there, but there's no like specifics because I know that if I do that, then I'm going to change my mind or get distracted or something like that. So I'm just kind of, you know, one day at a time, but with that goal in mind of this is going to be a really huge company and it's going to change lives. And, uh, and what have you run into with, with most of your coaching? Are there, are, are there any common themes that kind of show up over and over again that, that seem to be big obstacles with, uh, with clients? Mindset number one. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's definitely the biggest one. Yeah. Um, also, there's a lot of um, what I've noticed is a lot of people trying to just make a like a quick buck, and it's not a passion for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really weeding out those people <laughs> um, because those are not real entrepreneurs that are going to make it anyway. So they're they're doing themselves a disservice by doing that when they could be actually finding something that they truly love. Um, so that's a big one is getting into it for the wrong reasons, basically. Um, especially if you start making really good money, then it's hard to get out of it, even though you hate the work. Um, so that's a big one. Um, and then as another obstacle that comes up for people... I think it really just stems back to mindset. Like there's a whole bunch of different mindset blocks. Like there's fear that it's not going to work. There's overwhelm. There is even fear of success for some people. Um, so a lot of it is really just under that umbrella. Yeah. And, and, and for you, what, uh, what, what fears do you find yourself sort of, uh, uh, continuously running into? My fears are more that, like that it's not going to work, even though deep down I know it is, but those fears will still come up where whatever I'm trying to achieve is not going to work. Um, I second guess myself a lot, which is why a lot of times when I create something, I like launch it and put it out there immediately so that I can't change my mind. I can't can't guess it. I'm just like, it's out there now. So if I take it down, I'm going to look ridiculous. So I leave it. Um, I think it's a lot of the the self doubt really, um, that pops up, but luckily I'm, I'm pretty good now anyways at getting out of that. The journaling really helps. The mindset stuff helps. Um, But it is a fear that comes up a lot is, am I just wasting my time? Like, is this not actually going to make an impact in people's lives? Do people actually care about this? Um, And just doubting every once in a while. So I would say that's probably the biggest fear. Uh, and, and, and speaking of things not working out, you know, one of the things I get to, to do on a continuous basis with, with young athletes that I work with. And, um, one of the things that we do embrace is failure. The idea of, of failure from the standpoint as a learning tool, you failed, what happened, what'd you learn from it? What do you need to do better next time? When you think about sort of, uh, an entrepreneurial fail for yourself, um, that turned into a huge learning opportunity, what comes to mind? 
God, there's how many of them? Um, I know for sure the um, when I decided to do the blog blog coaching, blogging coaching, um, and then wasted a whole bunch of like time and money marketing myself as that type of person. That was obviously a failure that turned into a pretty big win because I realized that I can't be somebody that I'm not. I can't sell something that I don't love. Um, so that was definitely one thing. Um, other ones that I can think of hiring the wrong coach to work with is an expensive lesson there. Um, obviously you have to make sure it's a person that's a good fit for you. Um, I think another thing that I did too, a lot, especially in the beginning was that I, I believed the myth that you can work smarter and not harder and still make a lot of money. Um, some people probably don't think that's a myth. They probably think it's true, but I, I learned myself anyway, that the harder I work, the more money I make and the more people I'm able to serve. Um, so trying to kind of make things less work for me, like spend less time on my business was not good for anyone because I was always upset and frustrated when I couldn't work, when I was supposed to be taking time off, when I was forced to do it. Um, so I, to me, I think that was considered a failure because I tried to be this person that I wasn't somebody who wants to take breaks and somebody who wants to slow down and, you know, only work a couple hours a day. I actually want to work all the time because I love what I do. And so that was kind of the lesson I learned when I actually started to do what I wanted to do, which is work more. I started to actually create more results that I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so, uh, and, and on the topic of, uh, again, where this, you know, where this drive comes from and this, this desire to want to work comes from, um, how would you articulate for yourself your, your own sort of personal sense of purpose? Um, what, what is that sort of internal fire that, uh, that you think drives you? So for me, it's, it's, the people that I'm serving, like it's, yeah, the money's great. And I'm not going to say that I don't love that part of it, but it's more so seeing somebody's face when they, you know, hit this really big goal that they haven't been able to do for years. And then I told them to do one or two things and they did it or something like that. It's like seeing that I was able to make a difference in someone's life. That's really what drives me. And I know that if I'm not working you know, not necessarily 24 seven, but a lot, if I'm not working a lot, then I'm not able to reach all of those people that I know I can reach. I know there's like thousands, if not millions of people out there who can benefit from at least one or two things I can tell them. Um, and so it's, that's really my mission is to find those people, tell them those things that they need to hear and see them, um, succeed in whatever way they want to succeed and know that I played a part in that. So it's kind of a selfish thing where it's like, I want to feel good making you feel good type of thing. So that's really what, what drives me more than anything else. And, uh, and and when it comes to your ability uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, and you've demonstrated this your whole life, the the ability to deal with what is happening, not what you wish could be happening, right? It, it seems like so many steps along the way, you have turned one opportunity into another opportunity without even anticipating it. 
which is what I call sort of living yes and. That's the whole sort of living yes and mindset. Right. Um, how how do you help coach others to, uh, or can you coach others to sort of embrace that same sense of um, of responding to the moment and and not allowing yourself to sort of get thrown off track when the outcomes don't match? Yeah, that's a lot of like deep mindset work um, that I would have to do with that person. And really, a lot of people have those types of internal blocks where, you know, they're scared of failing. And when they do fail, they basically just shut down and they're like, oh, that was, you know, whatever. I'm going to go get a regular job now. I can't do this. This isn't for me. Um, so it's really getting them out of that way of thinking before it even happens, um, which we would do with a lot of uh, like really deep mindset work around why they have those fears and how they can move through those and what to what to do basically when those fears come up again or when a different fear comes up again um, because there's always going to be fears because you're human and that's just natural um, but there's definitely ways to you know get through those and not let your fear stop you from doing what you want to do yeah yeah and <clears throat> Seeing that uh, just a couple minutes left here, Cassie, and that uh, we are getting close to sort of the holiday season here, and I know finances are on a lot of people's mind, and for any entrepreneurs out there, um, what are what are any tips? Any tips you have for for an entrepreneur this time of year? Um, you know, uh, how, what is the best way for them to spend their time? To spend their time, well, planning, <laughs> planning for next year. And I don't mean like setting out, well, in February, I'm going to do this. And in March, I'm going to do this. Like, I don't really believe necessarily you need to plan so far in advance, um, but at least planning on what you're going to do differently. Like what, look at what worked this year, what didn't, what you loved, what you didn't love. Um, and then how you can apply that next year to, to hit your, your goals that are hopefully bigger than they were this year. Um, and I always say too, that like this time of year is when most people slow down. Most people take breaks. Most people take time off. And I really think this is the time to ramp things up especially when other people are sitting around, you know, the Christmas tree with all their friends and family and having a great time taking time off. This is when you need to ramp things up so you can surpass those people and get farther and farther ahead. So for you, what does that look like to ramp things up from your perspective? What are you doing? Uh, you know, how are you doing that? Uh, so this time of year, I'm always making plans, like I said, for the next year, but not necessarily all the way out, just like the first quarter or so, uh, making really big plans in terms of what I'm going to be doing for events and, and speaking and things like that. But then it's also I'm making really strategic investments. Um, so I'm you know looking for mentors and people I can work with next year to take my business to the next level. Um, I'm renting out spaces and things for my events that I'm going to be doing. Um, I'm looking for people to help me with publicity, um, personal assistance, people that can travel with me, like all sorts of different um, investments that will help me to grow my business even quicker in 2017. That's what I'm focused on in December. And those are the investments I'm making now as opposed to waiting until next year to do it. Okay. And, uh, and, and go ahead and take an opportunity right now. What is the best way, Cassie, for, for people to find you, uh, connect with you, uh, and anything that you're working on that you want to share? Sure. So the best place to find me is 
actually on Facebook. You can email me, contact at CassieHoward.com, but the best place to find me is Facebook since that's primarily where I run 99% of my businesses on Facebook. Um, so you can always find me on there and message me there. Um, as far as what I'm working on right now, I have my um, membership site, babesandbiz.com, which is this membership site for women entrepreneurs that are looking to kick things up a notch in their business. Um, so please feel free to come over there and join us if this speaks to you and you know that this is what you want to do in 2017. Excellent. Well, Cassie, thanks so much for taking the time to join the Weekly Yap. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You got it. And have a happy, happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. <laughs>